This is the Best of the Adam Gold Show podcast, brought to you by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. My friend, uh, a big Fiorentina fan. I'm surprised you're not wearing your jersey right now, your shirt. But there's really no reason to be wearing a Fiorentina uh, shirt, although you have a nice purple shirt, so uh, that's cool. Well, they they did just win one nil over the weekend. Who um, who they beat? So, uh, up to fifth in uh, I believe it was, yeah up to fifth in the table right now. Very so, nice. um, you know that, and if you've seen the way that Italy's been going in the in the Crazy. coefficient through the first half of Champions League, they might get five spots. Oh yeah, I mean all four of their uh, clubs advanced to the knockout round in uh, Champions League, no question about it. Uh, and they have uh, they have sides of uh, still still kicking in uh, Europa and Europa Conference, absolutely. Serie A, including Fiorentina, which was the Group F winner. Come on now, let's go! Fantastic. Oh, I love working that in. All right, sir. Uh, State's been good in the portal. Louisville's been great in the portal. Heck, is Syracuse ranked in the top 10 simply because of uh, getting, what, Joey McCord from Ohio State? How is Syracuse a top 10 portal destination? Uh, explain, start with State, uh, and we'll hit on Carolina, and then we'll we'll, uh, we'll branch out from there. Okay, well, um, the first thing is, if you are NC State, um, you are taking as a coaching staff and as an entire operation the correct approach. Because in this era of bloated conferences and imbalanced conference schedules, you need to have the foresight to look and understand your roster, your schedule, and yeah. when it's time to go get it. When it's time to not be investing in the future, but be investing in the present. And when it's not just Grayson McCall, but when it's also Jordan Waters, when you're also starting to continue to put all these pieces together, what you recognize is that NC State's operation, coaching staff, you know, everybody that is supporting that is also recognizing what we are seeing, which is that this schedule is set up for NC State to be a contender for the ACC championship in 2024 if they can get quarterback right, which, hey, look, Grayson McCall needs to be able to stay healthy. Right. That, that is a big question mark. But if he stays healthy, he's good enough to be able – I mean, he's certainly as good as Jack Plummer, if not better. And Jack Plummer <laughs> got Louisville to the ACC championship. Jordan Waters had 12 rushing touchdowns and nearly 800 rushing yards this season. You add him when we think about that running back position for NC State – it's been two seasons, I guess, since yep. we've really had someone that you could rely on in the way that I think you can rely on Jordan Waters. You keep KC on board. You've got Jonathan Paylor. Like, I just see a situation where you are beefing up this NC State offense uh, to be able to be so much better than it was this year. And again, this is this is going to be repeated so many times between now and July, at which point it will be a broken record. But NC State looks like the team that could be the Louisville of 2024, which is to say, if you are just good enough, then the schedule sets up that you should be able to be in the mix in November to win the games that can get you to Charlotte. Now, in a power ranking world, mm -hmm. are we throwing uh, NC State ahead of both Clemson and Florida State? Probably not, but that's not how we decide the championships, Adam. This is how we decide the championships. It's on the field with who wins the games, and NC State has enough winnable games that if they invest in the present, uh, they could be have in store for a really good 2024. Yeah, I mean, sometimes 
the championships are decided in uh, a conference room in Texas. So, or at least who gets to try uh, to win a championship. Sometimes it happens there. Um, oh, you can go to Syracuse. Sorry. I was, I am like, no, we've been talking about this. I've been talking with uh, like the CBS sports newsrooms, like what's going on there. And I said, and that's what I told them. I was like, they recognize the opportunity. And that is, you know, who else recognizes the opportunity? Ole Miss. Ole Miss has been My doing a bunch gosh, of work in the yes. portal. And it's because they see that with the imbalanced schedules, they've got a favorable draw to be able to try and go make a run at it, especially in the 12-team world. But let's talk about Syracuse because I do think Fran Brown has been doing work. The reason why Syracuse went to hire a Georgia defensive backs coach is that Georgia defensive backs coach has deep, deep high school recruiting connections and still has those relationships with players he recruited at Georgia. Kyle McCord is not one of them. We'll get to him in a second. Mm -hmm. But when we look at Fadil Diggs, like players from Texas A&M, from Georgia, from Florida, um, Makai Muse, the wide receiver from Georgia, and punt returner, he is basically going back in his phone and reigniting all the old text messages from when he was recruiting players to Georgia. And those relationships are still so strong because of Fran Brown's personality Mm -hmm. that he was able to load them up on campus. Now, Kyle McCord is interesting because I do think Kyle McCord – I mean, he was 11-1 and one as a starting quarterback. <laughs> he was not good enough to win the Big Ten with Ohio State and Marvin Harrison Jr., which is a knock. But when you consider the expectations of Ohio State, maybe getting him out of there is going to also be able to free him up. Mm-hmm. He was also a little bit banged up. Uh, on paper, he rates as one of the highest, one of the best prospects that Syracuse has had at the quarterback position. So I am uh, I'm encouraged by what Fran Brown has been able to do I was skeptical of the hire off the bat, but you know when I see what he's been able to do in terms of raising the talent level, I mean, how are you going to get an SEC player to say that they're going to come to Syracuse, New York? Right. I mean, how are you even able to get him to visit? This past weekend, he had like 12 official visits from transfer portal players, many of whom were SEC players last year. They're agreeing willingly to come to Syracuse in mid-December and spend a weekend there. Here's what's interesting to me, and I hadn't heard anybody bring it up. So he couldn't win with Marvin Harrison Jr. So he's going to where Marvin Harrison Sr. played in college. People, we should should see some sort of a symmetry there. I I actually mentioned it on yesterday's uh, Cover (sighs) 3 podcast. And, uh, well, look, because don't forget, they were high school teammates. They weren't just college teammates. Oh, Kyle really? McCord and Marvin Harrison Jr. played high school ball oh, wow. together for three years in Pennsylvania. So the idea that Marvin Harrison Sr. would have been a connector at Maybe. a minimum on this is absolutely in play because those two families have known each other for a long time. All right. Um, now, how does, you know, we just talked to Michael Clark of 24-7 Sports. Uh, how does the portal, how does this impact positively or negatively? I don't know, probably negatively. Uh, National Signing Day, which is also coming, you you rightly uh, pointed out that it is my least favorite day of the year, um, and it's and I think it's kind of been minimized anyway by all the portal news because we have immediate gratification for the most part out of the portal, and we absolutely don't in terms of high school recruiting for the most part. So how 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 did these two things and the calendar also is kind of messed up? So how do these two things work? Transfer portal is impacting National Signing Day, but not in terms of the buzz, kind of like you're mentioning. That's something else. What it's impacting National Signing Day is that coaches are giving away less scholarships to high school players. So 
um, if I have 25 scholarships in the old day, I'd be going out there and I'd be trying to lock down 25 recruits. Now I might be saving five to seven out of those 25. And that's like legitimately out of that. I mean, you see portal classes of 12, 13, 14 or more. Colorado's Um, got 15, right? You know, that's some of the exits, you know, players you're losing as well. So there's some transaction there, but there are less scholarship offers being made to high schoolers because scholarships are being saved for them to use on the transfer portal because you would rather get somebody who not just is a little bit more developed in terms of their football, but I've heard coaches talk about this, just a little bit more developed in terms of college. Yeah. You know, somebody that understands how to practice, how to go to class, you know, is not living at home. (laughs) <laughs> who, who is already adjusted to taking care of themselves. Wait, Tommy and, DeVito's living at home. We have issues fair. with Tommy DeVito, De, DeVito by so, the way. Um, I, I do think that that is an impact that is significant. This cycle is interesting because it is very much lacking for drama. And what I have heard, it's not the transfer portal. It's NIL. It's the fact that all the work got done for the most part this summer. They got all their money together. They got all their ducks in a row, and they got these guys locked in. And so it's not quite the same as the old days where you could come parachuting in at the last minute, and maybe there will be some examples of that on Wednesday. I'm sure that you know whether it is Jeremiah Smith, the number one wide receiver, you know Dylan Rayola has already announced his flip to Nebraska what? Um, from Georgia. Adam Golden Studio with my man, Coach Pete DeRuta, Capital Financial Advisory Group. Financial advice industry can be overwhelming for a lot of people. Is there a way to be sure you're getting the best service when you don't know? Yeah, Adam, it's not just if you gave the money to a planning team and they did good the first year. I mean, anyone can do good for one year, but it's a track record and it's the long-term accounts that are very important. We call that a financial fill-up strategy, Adam, and that gives you lifetime income you can never outlive. We'll put together for you, the listener, your very own total retirement plan. If you call right now. Call and claim your comprehensive review with Coach Pete and the team, 888-843-0013, or text ADAM to 600-700. Adam Gold is a paid spokesman. Investment advisory services offered by Capital Financial Advisory Group, a North Carolina registered investment advisor. You didn't know about that? No, no, no. I, I'm I'm amazed at this. I'm I'm just like he's one of the top quarterbacks, right? So, so maybe Matt Rule had a million and a half to two million dollars. Oh, I'm I am very certain that they had a million and a half to two million dollars. You know what else they had? They also had a nice raise for his uncle, who's the offensive line coach. Oh, oh wait! Oh, wow! <laughs> I didn't think that Nebraska's (laughs) offensive line was that great. In fact, I saw a lot of their quarterbacks get sacked and throw interceptions. Um, But, yeah, you know what? Donovan Rayola, Dylan Rayola's uncle, probably does deserve a fat raise. Uh, conveniently <laughs> oh. dropped in right before national signing. Because he really wanted to go to Nebraska to win six games. Well, and Dylan's dad played at Nebraska, right? Yeah. I mean, there was like ultimately the, the only reason he wasn't at Nebraska was because it was Nebraska, where Nebraska is, and now they've gotten things together. So it's not the transfer portal. It's NIL that's taking the drama away from national signing day, but the transfer portal is impacting national signing day because less scholarships are being given to high school players. So what is, because I know you get 25 scholarships to use a year, but if you lose 18 guys through the portal and you only bring in 12, that's a negative of six. How does the, all of that get figured in with your available scholarships for high schoolers? 
Please do not ask me to do math. I went to a public school and I did not take any <laughs> math in college. No, the, honestly, the roster crunching that you're talking about drives coaches crazy. Yeah, I mean, that, That's why you have general managers. That's why you have huge personnel departments. And it's what you talked about the calendar earlier. Right. This, this part of the calendar year, I mean, it is, it's really, really tough on coaches. And I'm afraid it's going to lead to some burnout of some bright minds. Oh, sure. Because it's going to say, forget this. Like I can... I, I can go be an analyst in a corner office at a bank somewhere and, and not have to deal with all this. So I, it's tough that the answer is I can't do that math for you because even <laughs> at the power five level, personnel offices are being driven crazy. And that's not even getting started on the impact of the COVID year, which right. is still in our system for one more season. Uh, and, and by the way, it's, it, it does seem like it's almost algebra, not simple arithmetic as to how this whole thing gets figured out. Let me ask a couple of more quick questions, then we'll let Chip Patterson go. Um, we thought that Clemson would approach the portal differently. I realize there's still time, uh, but they have zero commitments. So are, are they going to approach this differently, or are we just playing a waiting game? No, they did approach it differently. They've lost. They oh. had three offensive line targets mm. that they went after in the transfer portal and all of them committed to other places. Wow. Um, I can't criticize Clemson for not trying because they are trying. Right. Now it's a matter of execution. I, I will say the other, if real quickly on Clemson, I like the hire of Chris Rumpf and bringing him in as an addition to the defensive staff. Okay, yeah. uh, and I think that the fact that you depart, you fired two coaches who are part of the commonly criticized, these guys have no non-Clemson experience um, and bring in guys that have Clemson experience. Matt Luke on the offensive line, Chris Rump on the defensive line. Those guys, have they've been around for a long time. So it, it, the portal and the staff, those are two common criticisms. They're trying to address the portal. They're just missing. And then on the staff side, I like the changes. Matt Luke, by the way, was a, uh, a an assistant at Duke under David Cutcliffe for a long time. He was the head coach, right, at Ole Miss for, a, uh, for a hot minute. Uh, Duke has not replaced anybody. What are they doing? Mm, I don't – I've Nothing. only been looking at – I like the offensive coordinator hire. You know, we, we talked right. a lot about Rhett Lashley and the offensive success that uh, Miami was able to have right there. Clearly, there's a relationship that is uh, important. So, I, I'm, I'm, I'm good on the OC hire. I have not – I, I have not been uh, passed any information in terms of their uh, their additions from the portal uh, at that at this time. Yeah, I mean, losing Riley Leonard, losing Jordan Waters, losing Oban uh, to uh, to Notre Dame as well. There's there was a lot of good talent that left uh, Duke to uh, to head elsewhere. Real quick, North Carolina only has three commits out of the portal. Uh, one of them is an offensive lineman from Georgia. The other two are the quarterback tight end combination from Texas A&M. What can you tell us about them? So Max Johnson, son of Brad Johnson and his brother, obviously also son. Yes, um, both Johnsons. I, I had Johnsons going to North Carolina. I had Sorry. this um, strange, a uh, little bit of deja vu um, near the end of Mac Brown, Mac Brown's tenure at Texas. There was a, there was a common sort of, uh, refrain about you know, all these other quarterbacks that he didn't recruit, right? You know, Mac Brown recruited Johnny Manziel. It's it, it's not true, but it okay. was just kind of the way that it was talked about because there were these other prospects. If Garrett Gilbert turns out to be a superstar, then we're, nobody's got any of the same kind of criticisms, but that wasn't the case. Uh, after Colt McCoy, it, it looks on paper like a bunch of misses. 
But you go back to those recruitments, and what happened was that Mac was getting guys early. You know, he he was the national championship winning coach at Texas, and if you looked good and if you were bona fide, mm-hmm. and he would drop that offer, you would say yes, and he's got his quarterback. And late bloomers then would not be going to Texas because Texas already had a quarterback. Right. I bring that back because Max Johnson committed before the portal was even open for underclassmen. Hmm. Max Johnson committed back when you could only enter the portal as a graduate student. And I think Max Johnson has heart. I think Max Johnson has grit. I'm not being funny here. I saw him <laughs> lift his lifeless body off the ground behind a bad Texas A&M offensive line and continue to return to the huddle and try to go out there for a like dead man walking uh, type team that was Texas A&M this year under Jimbo Fisher. I think that he's got great intangibles. He's a big guy. He can take those kind of hits. So, you know, I, I think that Max Johnson can bring a lot to that locker room. But when I see all of the quarterbacks that are available in the portal, there are other quarterbacks that I would rank if I was ranking the portal quarterbacks ahead of Max Johnson. And that's why I just, I wonder, it's great that you were able to have a high-floor quarterback Mm -hmm. and you were able to grab him up and then be done with that concern, but in jumping so early, did you take yourself out of the sweepstakes to get somebody who maybe has a higher ceiling? DJ Uyunglele? Listen, I don't know if North Carolina was going to play. DJ is the bell of the ball between Florida State and Miami. Or, you know, like Florida State, Miami, Cam Ward, DJ Like, it's just, do you even want to play that game? Like, <laughs> Isn't Cam Ward little? Cam Ward's little, DJU is huge. Yeah, right? one's faster, and then, you know, one's more lumbering. It's, it, <laughs> but, like, do you really want to get into the bidding war with Florida State and Miami? That's like, who can be dumber? I, I don't know if that's, uh, that's something that, I mean, that, I don't know if that's something that a lot of college football programs want to do. Like, all right, right. you guys have fun with that. All right, when uh, when you and I speak next, we will uh, we will definitively uh, point to the Bulls as to which conference was the best. Right, Florida State. Uh, well, they proved they can't belo- they didn't belong when they get punked by Georgia. Even though Florida State's roster has been completely decimated by players not interested in playing in it, uh, but we'll uh, we'll talk about that in the new year, sir. I appreciate your time as always. Sounds good. Y'all be well. That's Chip Patterson here on a Tuesday as opposed to a Wednesday. So when I was looking to transfer, it was um, a lot of one-on-one, and it didn't feel like I got lost in a huge university because I knew that if I came here, there was going to be someone I could talk to about every aspect of the courses I needed to take, but also, too, I loved the smaller classroom sizes, and I liked how interactive and immersive all of the learning was going to be. It wasn't just going to be me sitting in a room with a couple hundred people and a professor who didn't know my name. To find out more about transferring to William Peace University, visit peace.edu.